1: welcome everybody to another edition of the in the paint show episode 160 here with chelsea hawkins and ani umana we've been off for a couple weeks guys obviously for good reasons you know we're traveling we got a lot of things going on that we're going to talk about but this is a big week we got the balls life all-american game coming up on may 6th saturday in Southern California, and we've been all over the country. So, Ani, how's it going?
2: Man, I'm good. I'm a little tired, but I'm good, yeah. you know. Oh, yeah. I'm traveling, yeah. but it's, it's, cool, it's been man. some good stuff. How about you?
1: I'm doing good. I've been doing good. Got back from Phoenix for session two of EYBL. Obviously, the spring live period is now complete. Uh, Ch- Chelsea, how was your tournament so, I, I, going? I know the girls are in live as well. Did they go both weekends live, or is the, or is there a different weekend that there's a second live period?
0: uh there. actually the last weekend was a live period so sure. um, my program the mob premiere uh we are based out of uh colorado but yeah. we have multiple eybl teams um and i don't have an eybl team personally so i'm coaching 15 yeah. and under uh so yeah. it was a lot for my girls but most of the coaches uh were with uh, with the eybl teams not sure. in the same tournament that, that I was in. so we played in oakland uh we did solid um, I was only with the girls like maybe a week or a week and a half before uh, we actually started playing. Cause I came late from overseas. Yep. Sure. Um, so definitely some adjustments and some, some learning to do. I want to put in my own stuff. Uh, our program, we all kind of run the same plays at least for, for a basis. And then after sure. that as a coach, I can, you know, kind of tweak it and and, and yeah. do my own thing. Um, so we actually have another opportunity this weekend in Vegas. Uh, the EYBL teams will be in Cali. So we're going to kind of switch places and sure. we'll be playing here. So, um, yeah, it's exciting times, man. I'm in full retirement mode. Um, but I'm yeah. the coaching thing going and it's been good so far.
1: That's great. Yeah. You know, you, uh, settled in a little bit now. Does it, we're also going to talk about that in a future pod, like, you know, your transition, but everything's pretty good you, you, going forward. Yeah, I
0: mean, honestly, I don't think it's really hit me yet. Like I'm doing wow. kind of yeah. what I do every summer, even before I wasn't retired, you know, hanging out, watching NBA uh, coaching, my young girls up. Uh, so maybe in the fall, um, it'll become more real when uh, my friends who still play, you know, kind of head across the waters, but hopefully in the fall, I'll be starting a new job myself. So it'll
1: be able to, you know, kind of take my mind off things. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Like we said, this Saturday's is uh, Cerritos college balls. Life game hasn't been on for a few years because of COVID and other things in LA County, obviously, alley county was pretty restrictive the rosters are on ballslife.com uh you know again there's a lot of uh, good players from around the country uh just wanted to tell people they can get tickets at ballslifeallamerican.com there's a couple codes uh there's a five dollar off ticket promo use bil uh, 5 b-i-l-5-o-f-f once again that code is B-I-L-5 the number O-F-F so it's like it's a good code and Ani just wanted to get into it uh, what are you looking forward most about the game instead of it's not just not including you being a part of the production and being on it what do what you just just from the game itself what do you what do you see out there
2: well you know it's been like what four years since the game yeah. uh, sure. so just excited to kind of see be be there and actually watching it like you know McCain Edwards like some of the guys like Jace Posey seeing some of the Texas guys out there um I'm just like just excited to see you know the players just compete you know and and like in that environment and you know guys get to show off like you know the all-star games is fun because it's like you get to see guys show off other parts of their game that they you may not you may not always see right in uh in a more structured scholastic setting so that's why I just excited to see just those guys
1: kind of yeah. showing the overall game yeah, me too, just to see some of the the guys that are a little bit more exciting, you know what I mean a little more in a little more laid back open atmosphere uh did you catch anything from Iverson? what was the buzz at Iverson? what did people say uh, uh didn't really
2: get to catch much, but you know just yeah. um it, it was good like you know you got guys like Tyler Smith uh out there that was doing really good uh Cohen Carr you know who who we're gonna see uh this weekend you know he's really showing his athleticism I don't think people realize how athletic he was you know he is so uh guys like him uh I think uh the shooter that's going to Alabama heard a lot of good things about uh Walter so but overall I heard like the practices were competitive the game was I got to watch some of the game it was good uh, but they said it was really they competed like in a practice yeah. and everything, they really competed, which was good. It was good, you know. We always hear about the McDonald's uh practices being competitive, but you know, sure. seeing that in that atmosphere too, that those kids were competing, uh, was good to see.
1: Great, and uh, Chelsea, are were we gonna see you? Are you gonna make an appearance at the Bulldogs All American game on the 7th, the next day? So we got a busy weekend coming up, <laughs> Ani. We're gonna try to hit both of them, and 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 we yeah, we're gonna, gonna get them, we're
2: gonna get to it.
1: So, so Chelsea, are you going to be able to get get there? What's the what's the word on ball dunk? I mean,
0: that's the plan. I'm actually supposed to be a judge in like the dunk contest or something yeah. like that. But as I said, I'm coaching this weekend. So that's obviously yeah. my priority. But hopefully um, on Sunday, you know, if I can get an early championship game in, you know, I'm going to speak it now. You know, my girls right, right, right. Just yeah. do our thing, have a little 11 o'clock championship game. Then I'll be there. I'll be there with my guys to see what's going on.
1: Gotcha. Um, you know, Chelsea, in many respects, me and Ani were down in in uh, the the final four, and, and, and in many respects, people were like, you know, the girls' final four was where it's at. You know, oh, like, yeah. everybody was like, the girls' final four is a hot ticket. People are talking about it. Uh, so, are, what's going on on the travel ball circuit? I mean, obviously, you're coaching the young girls, but you know, are you seeing any of this influence and excitement that we saw during the girls' or women's NCAA tournament?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is really good times for just girls' basketball, women's basketball in general. Um, I think we're seeing a very positive trend. Um, you know, we've talked a lot about just the publicity, um, yeah. you know, and the, you know, kind of the narratives that were circulating around the women's final four, but we also talked about how all publicity is kind of good publicity, I think for the sure. women's game. Right. Um, you know, we talk about high school and I've had the opportunity to now coaching the last couple of years to, to see some of these up and coming girls on the circuit And, you know, I just think we're headed in the right direction. Uh, When I look at the upcoming 2023 class, there is some very, very talented girls um, that I think could just kind of fit right in uh, with the likes of Caitlin Clark and Angel Reese. And and when I say that, um, I think of the number one overall pick in the 2023 class. uh, That's Juju Watkins out of Sierra Canyon. Um, You know, she's on the women's team at Bronnie School. Uh, This girl is as good as advertised. And if you want to talk about just notoriety, she's had Chris Brown at her games, 2 chains at her games. This is a high school (laughs) girls basketball player getting these type of people sitting courtside at her games. So I can make a case, you know, she doesn't have any NIL deals yet, but she will have a lot. I can make a case that she has more, you know, notoriety than, than a lot of these girls, high profile college girls already. Yeah. So, you know, she's a six foot guard. She's headed to USC next year. Um, absolutely must see TV, nothing she can't do on the court. Um, I personally think she's the most complete high school basketball player that I've been able to see in the last, you know, several years. Um, And she's going to make an instant impact in college. So, you know, we have players like that coming up. I look at, you know, we just talked about the McDonald's game. Malaysia Foley, she is a dynamic, dynamic point guard who's headed to South Carolina. Uh, She's 5'6", but if you watch the McDonald's game, she put on an absolute show. She's a highlight reel. It, any way you want it, flashy, athletic, can dribble, can shoot it. Um, so when I look at players like that, like these girls are going to continue the growth of you know women's college basketball, the excitement of it, and that's not even to mention the players that we still have in the women's college game right now that are sure. Still, you know, Angel Reese, she she's headed into her junior year. You know, Caitlin of Clark course. is going to be a senior. Paige Yukon, she you know has two more years because her eligibility increased after she is her, her ACL tear. So we just have a lot of really really talented girls coming up, and you know I've even had the opportunity to check out a couple girls in the uh, 2024 class that I just want to shout out really quick. Uh, the right. number one player in 2024 is Jelani Cambridge. She's a point guard from the Ensworth School in Tennessee. Uh, she's five six, small but super shifty, crafty, great creator, uh, plays wow. with great pace. Uh, A great finisher to be super small, just has, you know, great feel, floaters, any kind of way you want to finish around the rim. And I had the opportunity to check her out. Uh, She played in the U-17 World Games with Team USA. And although she's uncommitted at the moment, I I think that this kid has star level potential at the next level. So, you know, she'll have, you know, one more year in high school, obviously, then we'll see where she ends up in the college. um, And she ends up in college the following year. Uh, South Carolina already has a commitment from um, a forward, Joyce Edwards, 6'2", Camden High School from South Carolina, big, strong, um, just a a great player. She's going to come in and make a huge impact for Don Staley right away. And just another player that's a little bit down on the the rankings board uh, that I personally like that I just wanted to shout out is Olivia Olson. Uh, She's a point guard, six foot, very heady, very smart, coming out of Minnesota, and she's actually committed to Michigan. So the future is very bright. These are just some of my favorite players, obviously top players in the uh, in the class as well. But I think women's basketball is headed in the right direction. And even when Caitlin and Angel and those girls leave, we have some girls that are going to come in and pick up right where they left off.
1: Yeah. That that makes a lot of sense. Uh, And again, when we talk about Juju Watkins, she'll obviously uh, be local, you know, shout Mm -hmm. out. She's, she's from Southern California Watts particularly. Mm -hmm. And, our guy Harold Evans wrote a nice uh, piece about her. Check it out when you get a chance on CalHighSports.com. As as a Miss Basketball uh, for the state of California, she's obviously won every national award, but she's also won the local local awards as well. Have uh, you just talking seen her about play? her story? Have you Say seen her
0: Have Say you guys seen her play? I've,
1: I've seen her play. I have yeah. seen highlights.
2: Yeah, yeah, I seen highlights. I have no, seen her play. play. Yeah. Oh, she liked that.
1: Yeah. You um, like that? Ooh, I I didn't catch her in her best game this year. Okay. And interestingly enough, it's the game they lost to in the, it, uh I'm sorry, it's the game they came back and they, they beat Etiwanda, um for the sectionals. But Edowanda came back and won the state championship mm. again. As Ani says, these, I, he can't follow these California, uh, you know, playoffs. Yeah. Know. yeah. Know so they played. That. You know, they 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 won and and and, and then they came back. Uh, Edowanda came back and won the state championship. You know, shout out to mm. uh, Edowanda. But yeah, you know, she's gotta be one of the best players I've ever seen, even oh in, in an off game. In a bad game, you know? yeah. Yeah, even in an off game. Uh just the size handle. She moves different. Um uh, again, yeah, yeah I mean, that very was, that's awesome. you know, I uh Lisa Leslie's up there. You know, I got to see uh uh your girl Jasmine Thomas and Maya Moore. Mm-hmm. At the Nike Skills Academy I just remember because the boys were there uh, just, so I was like Maya Moore was pretty special So she might be, yeah, she's probably in that group Again, we're not going to break it all down right now But, yeah, you know, like, she's in that group I just remember Jasmine was the best point guard there But, like, Maya was on another level She's just yes. on another level Like, uh yeah, this girl's on another level um, I'm not trying to think of anybody else in between the, those girls uh, Diana Taurasi But, yeah, I, Diana Taurasi was she transformed her whole body from high school. Yeah. She's in much better shape, you know, like, and obviously she plays shows because she's played in what 20 years. Right. But yeah, she's like transformed her body completely. But like Juju Watkins is, is a special player. So we'll be looking forward to seeing her.
2: Yeah, she and, moves you know, different.
1: Yeah, yeah. Some of the girls, some of the girls that you know should be good. We're gonna have a girls' game. So that like you said, Chelsea, it's just growing. We felt we had to have a girl. These girls are going all over the place. I'm just looking at the mm-hmm. roster now. Yep. Connecticut, Notre Dame, Baylor, Texas, Duke. Like this girl, this high level this girls event should be high level. Um, one girl is going to be committing at the game on So we'll get a chance to see that, okay. city. Like that from local. So, <clears throat> you know, we're, we're going to enjoy ourselves just like we are in this pod. But uh, let's jump to something else. I guess we'll jump on the guy side when we talk about player of the year. Um, Obviously, Juju Watkins is the National Player of the Year. That's not a surprise to anybody on the girl yeah. side. But on the boy side, we we doing the, the, the Player of the Year tracker, Ani, which we've been doing 16. I've been doing it 16 years now. Seems so pretty like the 16 years have just zipped by. Uh, Brandon Jennings was the first honoree on the, on the one where we actually had the panel pick. It was pretty, mm-hmm. uh, it, was, it, it looked like it was going to be him. And it, it, he had a dominant season at his senior year at Oak Hill. I know Chelsea talks about how great he was that summer leading up to it in mm-hmm. the summer before. But this year was a little different because, again, we don't want to beat it to this horse. It was more wide open. This yeah. 223 class, you know, it's up and down. People thought, oh, they need work. Oh, how good are they going to be in the draft? That type of thing. So, right. Ani, why don't you just talk about uh, the result of it real quick and, is it, you know, get your reaction to the results as we as we talk about who the winner is.
2: Right, yeah. So like, you know, Cameron Boozer, you know, two twenty five, winning get, you know, getting a couple more votes over Isaiah Collier. Uh, yeah, thought that was thought that was interesting. You know, obviously yeah. they, those type of uh, for that award, you know, you normally see that senior uh, get it, but it just oh, kind of shows how special Cameron is, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, with his size and his ability to score, and he can do like a a, a lot of different things. So like the shooting, the handle, uh, yeah, you know, he's really impressive. Like, I mean, there's a reason. And he's arguably the number one player in his class, right? And one and yes. two are like a totally different tier. Really one, two, and yeah. three. But like, you know, him and Cooper. And then, you know, you got Ron Holland who who plays third. Uh, obviously I know I got to you know, I know Ron really good with seventy one sure. votes. Uh, but you know, like seeing how he uh, kinda hurt, you know, with Dunkerville not having like a postseason, but I thought he yeah. really Yeah. But you know, his like, you know, seeing him at McDonald's, hoop summit and everything, yeah. like uh you know, he's been, you know, arguably the best player, uh, there. And then, you know, DJ Wagner, who's arguably the best player in that class as well. But just interesting to see a guy like Cameron Boozer win it. Right. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. yeah 25 and, you know, 225 it But I think it does show like how special, you know, a player he is. Yeah.
1: Um, Correct. And, and like, I think yeah. you're, you're right about that. Why, why, Again, I guess that's more me than you two. It's just like, well, instead of knocking these 23s, let's just talk about how good Cameron is, right? Right. There's there <laughs> no need to be like, put anybody else down. I mean, Isaiah Collier would have been a, from Wheeler, obviously he's going to USC. He's going to come out West. That would have been, he would have been a fine choice. You know, he, right. I guess he's the senior of the year. Again, the public doesn't know this, but these, 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 we just got the voting results in over the weekend. So we'll, we'll put it out there this week. And, uh you know, that, that, that was good. Chelsea, uh, yeah, what do you think? I, you think, I, obviously, uh, you know, you, you ain't been following all the 16 years we're doing it, but for a sophomore to win it is it not a big deal. If he's the best player, he's the best player. Do you think it's too much pressure? I, okay, well, we've done this before, or no, it's, it's fine.
0: No, I think, you know, to Ani's point, it just kind of shows, you know, how special Cameron Bruiser is. But, you know, I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I will say... Like I haven't heard too much crazy talk about Cameron Boozer being the next LeBron next, you know, KD, you know, I've heard these other types of crazy comparisons with people in the past, you know, Amani Bates, when he was coming up, he was the next KD. And because I haven't heard these narratives with Cam Boozer, I think that it's great for him. You know, if he's the best player and deserving of the award, I think that's absolutely great. And if he can just focus on basketball, that's where the pressure comes. When we put these narratives on these kids, to be something that they're not. And the comparisons too are like the cream, cream, cream of the uh, crop of the NBA players that we have. So I think that's where, you know, things get a little bit mixed up for these kids. Cameron Boozer is on pace. You know, he won this award as a sophomore. He's gonna have two more years in high school. He's gonna be incredible, you know, one year in college off to the NBA unless the rule changes. Um, But the pressure comes from the narratives that us media and the people on the outside looking in put on these kids. And because I personally haven't heard that, I think that he's well-deserving of the award. I think that he's right on pace in terms of just, you know, his potential and his growth as a player. And I think that, you know, if he got the award, I think he's deserving of it. So um, I know we've seen, you know, crazy comparisons in the past, but in my personal opinion, I think that's what kind of sets these kids up for failure, not necessarily their game, but just the expectations that they have right out the gate. And I know we're expecting Cam to be special, but... I haven't heard anything outlandish that should, you know, kind of knock him off track in the future. So. Yeah. right, That, that makes sense.
1: Go ahead, Ani.
2: Yeah. but And you know, I think guys, guys are kind of learned a lesson with that. I mean, most yeah. recently like Amani Bates, right. And Amani has recovered, you know, at Eastern Michigan and doing his thing, but uh, you, you see a little bit of it, but. You know, I think people are kind of learned a lesson from that, like, yeah, I probably shouldn't compare a 14 or 15 year old LeBron James or Kevin Durant. Right. <laughs> uh, doesn't end very well. Uh, has it hasn't gone that way uh, since, you know, every time they they do that. <clears throat> but, you know, Cameron Boozer, he's a he's a really, really good player. You know, I got to see him in EYBL uh, last yeah. weekend and stuff like that, like, you know, just how effortless he makes he, he makes plays and you know all of a sudden you think he probably has like 20 and 10 and you end up you see like 40 and 18 like you know it's <laughs> <laughs> just crazy right so no really really good player and I think he he does deserve it
1: no doubt um yeah let's just talk about the voting like you said Ani real quick uh mm-hmm. interestingly nobody appeared on all 10 ballots there's uh, 10 ballots 10 voters uh some of them have their 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 quirks or things they like about a player or don't. I'm assuming the the person who didn't vote for Boozer just didn't think a sophomore should be the winner. Right. <laughs> <I can't, laughs> we're not gonna give it to a sophomore, so I, I understand that. So he had uh, 84 out of 100 points, which is not an overwhelming number for the winner. Usually, sometimes the winner has 91, 90. Brandon had 98. Ben Simmons a hundred perfect hundred. You oh, know, wow. So it's uh, it's happened before where the guys got perfect hundred. So Isaiah Collier had 76 points. You got Ron Holland, who reopened his recruitment, not going to Texas anymore or is not, is not committed to Texas anymore. 71, yeah. nine ballots. DJ Wagner, nine ballots as well. Kentucky-bound Justin Edwards for Imotep, uh, 50 points, nine ballots. So there, there's a big fall-off after those five. And then there's 34 guys that got voting. Uh, like I said, we'll put it out on BallsLife.com this weekend before the game. Uh, Justin Edwards is going to be at the BallsLife All-American game, so that'll be cool to see him. You know, uh one more time. He he really had a great season. Uh real quick, Ani with DJ Wagner. You know, one of the voters mentioned he said, Hey, Isaiah Coller had the best season. DJ Wagner had the best career um hmm. you know of the group. Like and he just kind of mentioned that off the cover. He's all, but you know, when you talk about these the the sophomores, like, you know, these uh these guys gotta, you know, kind of catch up and 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 just do, you know, maybe they're going to have a big impact in the next year. We'll, we'll see. It doesn't seem like, you know, like you said, they're not the talk of the town, like like Chelsea said about comparing Cameron Blue to some crazy pro. Nobody's talking about the incoming freshmen like that. So maybe it's a good thing for them. Maybe there's a little bit of pressure off of them, right? you know, as a group. But I wanted to get your opinion about what he said about DJ and just his career, and then, you know, obviously Kentucky has a great class. But nobody's, nobody's right now is like, ooh, Kentucky's going to be in the Final Four. They yeah. might win it all. <laughs> Everybody's just talking about the returning players of the portal, you know. So, right. what does that mean for that class of,
2: of players? Yeah, when you talk about, like, Collier and uh, DJ, you know, just over the four-year career, I would say DJ um, yeah. has a better, like, career. But, like, like I say, a Collier this season was just, you know, <laughs> what he did with Wheeler has been really good. Like, what, you, what was it, Ryan? Like, all his losses were basically against Fab team, Like, it, was, it wasn't it was against any slouches at all. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I thought, like you know, Isaiah Collier over the past like year just really grew in his game. Like for me, he's number one, is you know in the class. Yeah, twenty three. Sure. I think he's really grown his game. I think the shooting is really is really getting there and it's improved. And uh, I agree with I agree with that statement that you know Isaiah yeah. had the better season. And obviously, yeah. you know, with the situation at Camden, where DJ couldn't you know compete for the yeah. state title. But I would say DJ for four years, his career was better. I, I would yeah. I would agree with that. Um, you know, then you speak about that class, like, you know, when you talk about, like, that Kentucky class, like, with Edwards, with Collier, um, yeah. the uh, yeah. with Bradshaw, right? Like, you know, I would say we were looking at this, like, maybe seven, eight years ago probably. Like, you know, people would probably be more excited about it, but just how yeah. the game of basketball just got older in the college level, yeah. like how much older it's gotten and the one-time transfer rule. You don't know, no, and people have seen like you know, Coach cows had amazing classes, like freshman classes. But you know, how many national? And listen, it's harder to win a national championship, but like how many one and duns, like a group of one and duns, have won national championships is not common. So I think history and now seeing a sample more of a sample size is showing people like, hey, like. You can have a great recruiting class, but no one's going to say, oh, they're going to the final four with this team. <laughs> they're going to yeah. win a championship because yeah. now we have a larger sample size of seeing that that's not common. Like it takes a special group for that to happen. So, uh, you know, now when you look at that Kentucky class, like it got a chance to be really good. But, you know, how much of a, can that group of freshmen get, you know, Kentucky to the final four? I don't really see that, you know, <laughs> you know, maybe. But like it's going to be dependent upon. Who comes back, who comes from the transfer portal, and stuff like that, added on to what some of these uh, freshmen could potentially do.
1: Yeah, uh, no doubt about it. Uh, just kind of talking a little bit about the balloting, and, and you mentioned just to give an idea of how good a season Cameron Boozer had.
2: Yeah. You know,
1: um, 16 years of the balloting, only Amani Bates has even been in the running as a sophomore. Mm-hmm. So Amani Bates in 220, and I'm glad the voters. Uh, didn't jump on that so much, like, like we said, having their they tempered their expectations a little bit. We thought that it was like Chelsea mentioned, we thought that was a little outlandish in 219 and 20 Mm -hmm. as well, like the KD and all that, like, right? Because he played 15s. I remember going down there, like, it's like this boy's playing 15s. I I was like, didn't you guys say he's the best? You know, I'm thinking my head, like, did you guys say he's the best prospect you've ever seen? Like, why is he playing 15s? You know what I mean? So the voters had him in fourth place, which is pretty good. He was on eight ballots, but behind the winner, Cade Cunningham, Evan Mobley, and Jalen Green. So, like, that all worked out. Like, those three guys are, like, really good. You know, like, they, they were really good. So, uh, uh, that, that's pretty interesting that not, not, not a lot of sophomores. And then if you look back at the history of, like, high school basketball, and we, we've named this award in 1996 live. So, from 1996 live, it's been picked at the end of the season. Before 1996, it's, like, retroactive, right? The player, mm-hmm. is the player you're based on high school. So, like, Amani Bates, I mean, sorry, uh, our guy Kate, Cameron Boozer is, like, the first sophomore ever to win it. So, like, even in, prior to 1996. So, Luas Cinder was kind of considered one of the better players in the country as a sophomore. Right. And then he won. He was the national player the year twice. And before him, Jerry Lucas, the old forward who played for the, um. for the Knicks in, in Ohio State, he was kind of one of the first big high school basketball stars. He was a first-team All-American as a sophomore. And then he won it twice. So that, that's basically it, those two guys. So then when you look at sophomores that high, it's those two, Imani and then LeBron James. Well, we kind of briefly talked about that during the season, that maybe he should have got a little more push
0: yeah.
1: as a player of the year as a sophomore. We talked about that with his with his old teammate Cam Joyce and how they barely lost to OK at the buzzer on LeBron's miss. So like, but people were already talking about him being the best player in the country. So he probably should have got a little more push. But the winner was uh, ironically DJ's dad, DeWan Wagner, and he aver- he had a hundred point game. He averaged forty two points. Like I get why DJ was a you know like I'm sorry I get why DeWan was looking back twenty years twenty two years later like. I see why it was, but like maybe LeBron should have got a little bit more push, but that's basically it. We're basically talking about five players in the history of high school basketball. So what Cameron Boozer is doing is pretty special. Yeah, no, it is. (laughs) Yeah. 5 We're just talking about basically five players, three all-time greats and, and, you know, Amani Bates and that's it. Yeah. So a couple guys that were second team, all all Americans or second, five, all Americans um, at that level, Deandre Ayton, 215. As a mm-hmm. sophomore, Michael Kidd, Gilchrist in 209, and, and O.J. Mayo as a sophomore. And that's pretty – My DeAndre Aiden is about as good a young prospect as I've seen. In yeah, I, he was. Yeah, As a young prospect. Again, he was already kind of a grown man as a senior. He is what he is in the pros. I haven't really seen a big jump since, Ani. You know, I don't – you know. I think Phoenix Suns fans have have strong opinions about him. You know, like he's as a sophomore. I used to tell people I was like, because he played at a small high school in a, in a fall league, real small high school, mm-hmm. right? Just funny story. I'm like in front of nobody. He was a rising, a rising. Um, Sophomore, and I was telling people, and I'm like, You guys got to go see this kid, like, it's for five bucks. Just because I go, He's the best player in LA. They would, I go, I go, No, he's the best player in LA. Like, he's better than any Laker, he's the best. It <laughs> 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 was at the end when the Lakers, like, you know, they weren't doing too hot in those years. This is like 214, 215. Like, oh, okay, we were talking about it, you know, like, as, as a rising player. So, those, those are it. Like, there's not really a guys on that level that 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 booze was playing. So, shout out to him. As we move forward on this, and I wanted to kind of piggyback what Chelsea said and what Ani said, you too, Chelsea, about the future. And Ani, you said about, um, you know, these guys coming in as freshmen. This is going to remain because the NBA, uh, NBA just announced they're uh, collecting the bargaining agreement, mm. uh, seven-year agreement. The Board of Governors and the Players Association kind of came together. It begins on July First 23 and runs through seven years, so through 2930. So that means that the one and done is basically untouched. Ani just wanted to get right. your opinion about that, and then Chelsea, you could jump yeah. in there as well. So, so I mean, we, we can talk about the details of it real quick before we jump into the NBA playoffs, but the run and done is basically going to be around. So, as we talk about this 223 class. We're going to talk about it next year with 24, see how, what kind of impact they have.
2: Right, yeah, and no, uh, I, mean, I thought it was interesting. I know at first, you know, yeah. when we were starting to hear about, you know, potentially getting rid of the one and done, um, yeah. you know, that there was there was a, a real possibility of it. But, like, when, like, throughout the year you kind of hear, like, you know, you bring in the high, like high school kids will eventually, you know, what does it do to the veterans, right? Like, <laughs> you know, um, so – I knew that you know if you're really looking to protect the players, you know especially yeah. the guys that are in the league, they don't want to lose spots to guys that are 18 yeah. <laughs> years old and 18 going on 19. So uh, I like the one and done. I think we're get, people are getting more creative on like you know it's not necessarily just college, right? Like you seen sure. G League night, like and you you see guys like Dink Pay who classed up and is doing two years with G League. We've seen Scoot Henderson do that, uh, yeah. NBL like AJ Johnson. So uh, I think it's a good thing. I, I do believe it's just, you know, how special you have to be like getting out of high school and playing the league. Like, yeah, we've seen LeBron do it. We've seen Dwight Howard do it. You know, sure. we can go on like KG. Like, I know we've seen it, um, yeah. but it's just really hard. And, and, and like, we're seeing so many freshmen struggle in that first year in college, so to speak, talk about going to the NBA, <laughs> right? Yeah. And uh, I would be really interested to see, like, you know, Ronnie, you talk to high school kids, like, players, and yeah. I talked to a decent amount, like, if you were to open that up, you know how many kids would declare for the draft? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you know, I got got you know, there's some kids right now that are boys talking about, man, I wish I could declare for the draft right now, so, like, <laughs> like I ain't lying, so... You know, I'm glad they did it. If you are like that, there's still other pro-like options, right? Like some people that, you know, OTs kind of has has their stuff as well. So there are options where you can go for a year, then go to the NBA, right? And uh, I think it's good. It still protects the guys that are veterans that can actually play in an NBA game if needed. Like even if they're in the bench, like can still come in if needed with injuries or whatever and play compared to an 18-year-old that, you know, you can't. You know, you you can't put him in the game. So I'm happy that they did do that. Sure. Chelsea, what do you
0: think? Ani, I mean, I totally agree with you. Um, You know, I've been tuning into the Draymond Green podcast and he talks a lot about the collective bargaining agreement and he hates it. A lot of the things that changed um, as far as the the agreement this year. But Mm -hmm. I will say, I think they got this part right. Like, I'm a fan of these kids going through the process. You know, a lot of them are not mature enough um, to, you know, step into the NBA and one perform, you know, whether it's their bodies or just their game. You know, there's a learning curve when you go from, you know, college or even high school to, to a professional, like every level, you know, there's a process to adjusting. But besides that, like from maturity aspects, I like to see these kids go to college, learn, grow up a little bit and then come into the league a little more prepared. Um, then, you know, like, like Ani said, I, I don't think there's really any players, you know, right now that are just ready to step in into the league and contribute anyway. So right. one year in college isn't going to kill you. Um, I think it's good just... Better long term, you know, for these kids, is success in the league, and you know, and it gives you know, it's it gives these vets, you know, an extra year to stick on a roster or you know, steal a little bit of money, maybe like Adonis Haslam or you know, uh, Andre <laughs> <Kukala>. uh, <laughs> you stick a little longer. But for these kids, I think it's the best option. Um, so, so, so I'm excited they did it. You know, some people may argue, you know, I know people are waiting for Bronny to just make that jump from Sierra Canyon right to the NBA. But th- this is what these kids need. Like if you want the, the league to to continue to grow and, and these kids to have the best chance to actually stay long-term, I think uh, this was the best decision.
1: Gotcha. And, and yeah, I I, I think so too. Uh, like you said, Ani, people are talking about it. it, it the expectations going to EYBL and you and three SSB and these two live periods, like the expectations for people are so, Oh, high, yeah. like out of control. Yeah. So mm-hmm. this kind of tempers it back a little bit, I guess, you know, not that, oh, wow, well, we can go to the NBA now again. Like that would have been huge news on the grassroots circuit.
2: Yeah, I mean, know. can you can you imagine the type, like, could you imagine the players, like the players you would see declare for the NBA draft if they open that up? Yeah. Like, could- like that, would, that yeah. would damn near be comical. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, it's really interesting because you look back at when they last had it, 2005, so that's Mana Alice, Amir Johnson, uh, Brandon Rush, maybe that that group. And again, some of them did go. Mana Alice went too, got drafted too low. Um, uh, Amir Johnson was one of the last picks. I remember that. It was an okay group, but right. They 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 talked about the collecting the bar agreement. I remember because I was on the circuit, and then they were talking about whoa, Greg Odin is not going to be able to go pro, you know, because oh. he was probably already the best player in the country. Mm-hmm. Nothing against the 05 group, but he's an 06 guy. He was already probably the best player in the country. Mm-hmm. So it was like, oh, he's going to go to college. And then, like you said, I mean, he kind of dominated. Like he was ready and he got, you know, Ohio State to the final game where they lost to what the back to back Florida team, which is one of the right. better teams of, of recent memory. And, and it was like, oh, that group's not going to be able to go. So this 07 group can't go. So that group was really strong. And I just remember Billy Walker made a statement. It's very funny because SC played Kansas State in the first round of the tournament. So it was obviously OJ Male versus old high school teammate Billy Walker. And he's like, Oh, yeah, they, they did this game for TV and the money and the ratings. They're like, He already had an idea of kind of the stuff we talk about now, like name, image, likeness, but it's right. almost 20 years ago, 15, more than 15 years ago. It's like, Oh, this is a money making scheme. So players have kind of, they know about that. They just, Society was in a different point then, or, or the the mm-hmm. I guess the grassroots system and the it, it, we're all different. So it wasn't talked about the tones we talk about it now. Well, all these players deserve money. Nobody was saying that then. You know what I mean? But right. the players kind of knew, like, oh man, they set this game up because it's a great first round game. And I, I just remember that in that group, those first groups having to go through the college process again because it was basically ten years of Kevin Garnett starting it and Kobe to we to two thousand five, right? Mm. And most of the good players that did go, um, they did a good job. Uh, I, I think people thought Kevin Garnett wasn't going to be impactful, but he started figuring it out. Maybe about yeah. 20 games in, it was like, oh, yeah, this guy's going to stick. You know what I mean? He's going right. to stick. He's going to be fine. And then, um, like you said, Ani, too many guys are starting to declare. Like, yeah. <laughs> you could pull out some of the names that didn't really get drafted or make it, and then it would be 20-fold worse now. People right. thought it was bad back then. You know, like all oh, this guy, why is he declaring? But like, it would be way worse now. Some guys went way too low. Mm-hmm. Even like Jerry, uh, Jerry Colangelo, who coached the Suns, he was like, kind of had that Pat Riley attitude, like, all right, what, what what's up with these high school players? Like, what do we need these high school players in the draft for? But like, when they drafted Amari Stoudemire, they knew they hit. They're like, this was this was a great pick for us. You know right. what I mean? So like, some of the guys did do rub, but we we're not gonna see that for a while. So. um I don't know what else you learned on the podcast with Dr- Draymond Green, Chelsea, you know, any of the other major things, I guess. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's investment opportunities in the NBA for, 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 for NBA, WNBA players. They can invest in, in mm-hmm. things related to the NBA. So there are a few other things maybe.
0: Yeah. They added a uh, in-season tournament, which they stole mm-hmm. from the WNBA. Cause you know, the yeah. WNBA has the commissioner's cup. That's been sure. you know very successful uh, cash prize. Uh, so they stole that in-season tournament. Uh, what else did they have? I think the salary cap is staying the same, which is a good thing. Yeah. Um, what else did they have that was interesting? Because Draymond broke all this oh. down. He actually yeah. wasn't a fan of a lot of the negotiations that these players were making. Yeah, uh, so they, uh, no
1: penalties for marijuana use. Yeah. Um, that's oh, but they did,
0: the one thing that they did add that we talked about previously on the pod was just the player awards and you having to play a minimum game. You and mean, that was mean. what Draymond was going in on uh, the most because I think it's, you have to play 65 Five. games maybe Five. I mean, for, for major awards like league MVP, defensive player of the year, uh, six man of the year. Uh, and that's going to be tough for, for a lot of, a lot of the stars in the league that just, you know, whether it's injury related or load management, um, I guess his gripe was just, you're going to see a lot of, I don't know what he said, bums or, or scrubs, you know, making these all NBA teams or getting the league MVP award for this year. fact that, you know, the, the the cream of the crop isn't eligible. So I don't know what you guys think about that, but that's something that we kind of addressed previously on the pod that I thought was a good idea. I don't know if I would have made it 65 games, but in the 82 game season, 65, I mean, I'm bad. it's not bad, I'm, but yeah, I mean, like, just don't,
2: just don't miss more than 17 games. <laughs> like you can still load manage just don't miss more like if you are healthy just miss 17 games like i listen 65 games so it's still is a decent is a good amount don't i'm not yeah. gonna say it but just miss 17 games like if you're healthy all do your load management and miss 17 games like you still be okay like yeah. you can just not play back-to-backs or something like that like
0: yeah, yeah. And, I think it's good. Players, oh, sorry. And for the players that are injured, too, those ones usually don't qualify for the awards anyway. So right. like, <laughs> right. like 17 games, if you put it that way, is not really terrible. You yeah. don't have to play back to backs. You know, you're not going to have that many back to backs in the season. So I don't know. Maybe they got it right. It'll be interesting to see next year if we see, uh, like, Aaron Gordon and you know players on, on that tier you know getting first team all NBA and stuff like that so I guess we'll
1: see no no <laughs>
0: that's what he's that. saying that's what he thinks is going to happen he thinks the stars are not going to be getting these awards anymore because they're not going to be eligible
1: wow I I, I mean Draymond ain't got to worry about it for him personally you know but right. yeah it's it's maybe the young guy maybe a few young guys will 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 we'll step more to the forefront in terms of, like, you'll get to – maybe they make third team in all-NBA. I still think the best players are, will be the best players, you know? Right. Um, unless true. they have a big injury, like you said. I, I think that's really been the theme of this whole NBA playoffs is that – and you kind of mentioned it, Chelsea, with the one and done. And uh, people are figuring out, like, let's say, just use an example. And, again, they're not the only team. The Houston Rockets, like, that's not going to be a winning formula. Mm-hmm. Having a bunch of young guys, you know, you you the older players are going to – come through. I think the playoffs have shown that. The smart ones that load management correctly. So what I got out of this playoffs, and then Chelsea, well, you can start off. We'll jump into the playoffs. Is like the teams that load managed correctly and the veterans are the teams that are winning right now. Mm -hmm. That's what I see. So it goes more back to your point of what you guys say. So Chelsea, just kind of talk about that, like the veterans, leadership, again, being healthy and kind of like you said, load management properly. And then, and be ready for a playoff push, almost like the NCAA tournament. Like you want to peak right. for the conference tournaments and the tournament. You don't want to like shoot your wad in January and in December and, and be peaking. Then you want to, and that's kind of turned into what the NBA is kind of turning into like the teams that are peaking and are healthy are doing the best.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I totally agree. It's all, it's all about timing and, yeah. you know, being a player myself, I know how hard it is to like win a championship. Yeah. And just the amount of luck that you need sometimes that goes along with the preparation. Like, I mean, we just saw the Milwaukee Bucks who had the best record in the NBA pretty much all season, best seed all season. And then Giannis goes down in game one of their playoff series, you know, which hobbled in, which ultimately led to the, you know, to them losing as the number one seed. So all about timing, all about health. Uh, But, you know, you're right. I think load management is necessary. Just, you know, I think some days, you know, players just don't have it. But I think if you're just not playing, at the expense of just because you just don't want to, then I I think that's kind of unacceptable. But for the most part, you know, with the exception of maybe Kawhi, um, I don't think the Stars really do that, though. You know, and Kawhi has been hobbled by a lot of injuries, so don't get me wrong. Like, you know, he, you know, has struggled, you know, since he's been in the league, just injury after injury. Um, And when he plays, he's awesome. So you can't, you know, knock him there. But, you know, Steph's not just sitting out just to sit out. Like, you know, we don't yeah. really see – 17 games would be fine for a guy like Steph if, if he's healthy. 17 right. games would be fine for a guy like Braun if he's healthy. You know, th- I don't think that players really want to sit out. I think it's more injury-related, you know, more times than not. Um, so, you know, I, I think that it is all about timing. We're seeing it. You, you spoke about just having a young core, which just really – the lack of inexperience. We just saw that with the Golden State Warriors series versus Sacramento Kings. You know, you need it. You need players that have been in these big moments. Um, and, you know, having youth, I think, is great, especially for the regular season because those guys can, you know, get up and down and and play uh, maybe a little bit harder and, and back-to-backs and, and night after night. But at the end of the day, when the experience kicks in, you need people that have been there before. Um, yeah, so I you. wasn't surprised at all to see, you know, how the Golden State Warriors kind of dominated uh, in Game 7 yesterday.
1: Yeah. Ani, what do you what do you kind of think there in terms of just the you know the older teams kind of uh getting through and you know the younger teams not really closing their season strong
2: I mean experience is a big thing like being there before is a big thing like you know you look at game seven uh and you just look at that series like Sacramento and Golden State like there were games like especially in the fourth quarter where Sacramento had dumb turnovers right like people do get on Golden State for like you know, the way they play, they're going to turn the ball over, you know, but they just okay. know how to finish games compared to Sacramento. Like, right? the shot selections. Uh, I mean, the game where they lost with the Harrison Barnes misses the the shot, like, but the last five minutes was just god-awful. Like, you just saw a, yeah. an inexperienced team, right? And credit to SAC, but, like, when you look at these young teams, even Memphis, as immature as they are, right? Like, they've been the playoffs, but, you know, guys like LeBron and AD, some of those guys, like, they're more the guys that have more experience and more mature are winning. The guys that are immature, they they play like they're immature when it when it matters most. Because like Ronnie and Chelsea, like y'all know, like when it comes to like finishing out series, like seven game series, like yeah, like you could have lost a series in five or six games, but like you probably could have won those games if you cleaned up like four of those minutes. <laughs> like like you know, it's like three or four minutes that you just played the right way. You could have won the series. And I think we're seeing that from the inexperienced teams, right? Yeah. The, the older, I mean, the younger teams. We're just seeing those, those, those few moments where they're just, you know, they're looking like a young team,
1: yeah. you
2: know, lose series. So I think experience and being there before and knowing how to win and knowing how to close out games is so important. Um, no doubt, it just, it's just it always is, like you said, right? The Rockets. I mean, looking at them, and, you know, like I get got teams that had to rebuild, but. I think even part of rebuilding, you still need vets around these young guys <laughs> because they got to grow up.
1: Yeah, yeah, more than more than ever. Yeah, for right. sure. And and <laughs> like you said, the, the teams with the best records are kind of out. Uh, it's crazy in the NHL. I mean, again, we're, we're, we're not hockey experts by no means, but the Boston yep. Bruins uh, had the best record I, regular season ever and lost in the first round. Did I get that right? Did I hear that right? Like, No, I heard wow. that. I saw that on ESPN. Wow. You know, like, that's a huge upset. Again, it's a first round, but people are comparing it to, like, you know, the uh, Patriots losing to the Giants. And I'm like, no, I don't think it's that big. It's <laughs> the first, it's, it's the first round. So that's another thing we want to talk about when we talk about the NBA. So I know Chelsea's kind of updated on, the, on us. We're in the, now in the conference semifinals. So Denver and Phoenix, Denver wins at home. And then, you know, in the other east is uh, Boston and Philly. And, and the Knicks and the Heat, and the Nick Heat are up already 1-0. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of things about the first round, and kind of like you guys mentioned. Uh, first of all, let's go to the Heat real quick. Jimmy Butler has a monster game, and everybody's like, is this, this the greatest playoff performance by a Heat ever? And I'm like, wait, wait, hold on. If it goes back to your point, Ani, Dallas Mavericks are up 2-0 on the Heat. And like you said, if the Kings would have won game three, they win this series. Nobody's talking about Dre. Nobody cares about his podcast. Nobody's talking about Steph's performance. If they win game three, it's pretty much over, right? Right. So that they kind of knew, like Chelsea says, that's their game seven. Mm -hmm. Uh, A veteran team knows that that game three is their game seven. So back to that Miami performance, it's like, wait a minute. Miami was down 2-0 against your, 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 your Dallas Mavericks, and they won game three. So whatever I said, I even said, I said whatever Dwayne Wade did in that game three <laughs> it was the best performance in Heat history, period. Yeah. Because they win the title. Mm-hmm. They come on and have people, they get better players, you know, they, they, and LeBron goes down there. Maybe if they don't win the title, maybe LeBron never goes down there. You know, you don't know that. You know what I'm saying? So, right. So no, don't and, tell me Jimmy Butler's first round game is the best performance ever. Like, it's the first round. You know, <laughs> and and,
2: and A&M Miami was down double digits that game, and that was at the point where the Heat realized just give
1: the ball to Dwayne Wade and get the yeah. hell out the way. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, like you yeah. got to mention the moment. So, like you said, you knowing the moment is is big. So that I think that was a key with the King series. Like, and then you lose you know the kings lost and like you said they kind of gave away another game uh ani was it game yeah. 5 that they kind of gave away
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah and then the golden state wins on the road game 7 but again if you if you win game 3 none of that matters you know right right,
2: right right <laughs>
1: That's my point so but let's talk about jimmy butler like even though yeah like dude that dude i mean it's still a great performance don't give him wrong so Chelsea, talk about jimmy butler and the heat
0: Okay, well, you know, sometimes we are prisoner of the moment. So, yeah. you know, greatest team performance, but I want to be a prisoner of the moment right now. This yeah. man, Jimmy Butler, is so good. I yeah. can't really think of, you know, I want to insert him into the top 10 right now, into top 10 NBA players, because in the playoffs, there is not really one person that you can say that you would prefer to really have on your team that's more gritty, tough, hard nosed, gonna give you the effort, you know, yeah. balls out uh yeah. in, in the playoffs like Jimmy Butler has done this year after year after year right. like I will say he doesn't give a damn about the regular season which you know yeah. he doesn't really need to he's never really in MVP conversation you know yeah. all yeah. NBA first team type of conversations and that's okay but when it comes out to your time to just grit out and tough out a win and, and maybe do more with a little bit less I mean look at the Heat's roster right now how yeah. Lowry came into the series like you know, like looking like he should basically retire Tyler Hero breaks his hand and and Jimmy Butler still rallies these boys and says, follow me. This man had 90 some odd points in two games. Like, (laughs) I I don't know. I just want to give him his flowers. Uh, I think he's absolutely incredible. Um, I did see a poll somewhere uh, where a lot of the GM's just said, you know, that he's one of the players that they fear the most in the playoffs just yeah. because of his ability to get stuff done. And, and I think it's it's totally warranted, um, you know, the, the the success that he's having. But also it just speaks to the Heat culture. I, I think right. Eric Spoelstra is a great coach. I think Miami is just hard-nosed and tough. And, and that's kind of just what you need to, to grind out close games. Um, so just the style of play, the culture, having Jimmy Butler as your leader uh, is why we see the Heat up you know, in the semis of one game on the Knicks, and and I really have them winning the series.
1: Wow. Wow. Yeah, Ani, um, just talk a little bit about that uh, Juco guy, and uh, maybe not, didn't have fanfare, but like, yeah, I mean, he's, if he has a couple more, let's say to Chelsea's prediction, they win the series, he has a couple more monster games. Now, are we talking about one of the better playoff players, like, Mm -hmm. pretty much ever? You know, is he to that level? You know, are we talking about that? Like, Seems yeah like- you know
2: jimmy went to the same juke i played in, uh tyler junior college uh he actually he actually came and saw us uh my freshman year and then like you know i thought i was a hard worker and then jimmy told me his uh his uh his workout plans i was like oh shit i, I can't i can't i can't mess with this dude but you know he's big time like in, in tyler and um yeah, uh, but like just seeing his playoff performances I want to see how this this you know playoffs finish out. I don't see Miami winning a championship now Jimmy yeah. could somehow make that happen like I mean how good he's been playing but he's one of the best playoff performers I've seen past 10 10-15 years uh, yeah. Yeah. you know like it, he's, he's definitely up there all time it's going to be tough I think I got to see how his career kind of just sure. you know pans out but man, like, <laughs> he's he's one of the best I've seen. Like, this is one of the best. What I saw in that first-round series, that reminded me of Dwayne Wade in 06. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. that's kind of what it reflected. Not even just because it's Miami Heat, but just someone that literally just, like, I'm putting this team on my back, like, yeah. and we're going to win a, a series we have really no business winning. <laughs> you know, like, that. that's just how I felt. Like, y'all have no business winning this series, but he's yeah. literally putting them on their back. He's, he made. he's one of the best playoff performances I've seen. Yeah. Like in the two thousands for sure. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm yeah. Like he, he may end up like their all time eventually.
1: Wow. Wow. So let's talk about that. Uh, start with you, Chelsea, just kind of give your quick, um, I guess predictions and, and we'll talk about the series that everybody cares about. And obviously that's golden state and the Lakers, uh, Again, the Golden State gets by that Game 7. Steph has a 50-point game, first 50-point game in the Game 7. As you mentioned, I watched the second half, and it just seemed like he hit a couple threes and then hit the – they got up 17, and it, and it just was six minutes of the game. The game was over. Yeah. Just the building, it was just eerily quiet, and, like, the game was over. It didn't seem like, okay, this game's over. I know they're on the road, but they weren't going to come back. What was it, Chelsea, that wasn't about that second half that was just – Is it just, like you said, the experience or is just Steph that good and the Kings had no answer with with Fox's injury a little bit? You know, he didn't really play great in the last three, four, three games.
0: I mean, I think it's a little bit of both, but I will say Steph is that good. Yeah. And Steph makes certain plays that just take the air out of you as a player and take the air out of the building. Like he's falling away, falling out of bounds, hitting a three. You know, balls bouncing everywhere. He picks it up, dribbles between the whole team, lays it up off the back. But like those kind of plays just deflate you. And he had several of those. Um, You know, the Warriors in the third quarter, too, just kind of, you know, put their foot on the gas and just didn't let go. You know, I I saw other players, too, that just kind of took the life out of their arena, like Kevon Looney. He had 10 rebounds in the third quarter. Like every time, you know, Golden State did miss, he got the rebound and passed it back out. And now we have to guard again for another, you know, 14 seconds. So I think that that was just the Warriors kind of just letting them know, like, you guys aren't going to win this game. Steph, you know, hitting ridiculous shots. He had 50 points um, on 50% shooting. A lot of the shots, there's just things that you just couldn't do anything about. So the Warriors, you know, I, I, I wanted Sacramento to win. Um, but I, I I understand why the Warriors did, and it was just pretty much obvious that the experience was just going to kind of overtake them, uh, regardless of them playing on the road.
1: Makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, uh, Ani, just give us some of your predictions, and then we'll talk a little more detail about this round two, Lakers and Golden State.
2: Yeah, um, I think it's going to go to six or seven games, I believe. Um, I got Golden State. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll be, it'd be interesting to see, like, you know, I, what I like about Golden State is their Um uh, that their guys come to play. <laughs> like, you know, one through, like, they, well, they can go seven, eight guys. L.A. can. It's funny, I remember we talked about when the trade deadline, all this. I said, you know, L.A. could, they have a roster that could get to the Western Conference Finals, right? But uh I didn't see it, in you um, know, but they actually really can. I got, I got Golden State in seven. I think this is going to be a seven-game season. It's going to be a lot tougher than, some people got, I heard like Golden State in five or six. I think this is going seven. Um, I think LA has the personnel to match up, like, you know, the rebound against uh, the Golden State can be, can like switch up their lineups, be versatile, can go small and play fast, can defend and switch. So uh, it's just going to be all about LA making shots, <laughs> you know, guys just really making shots. But I think Golden State just, you know, they've been there before, Uh Guys are going to do their job. I think Andrew Wiggins is really starting to come along. Like, I think that's the one guy that, you know, the longer the Golden State's in the playoffs, the more dangerous he's going to be, right? Because he's going to kind of get back into form. So I think he's going to go seven games, but I think Golden State, I want LA to win. You know, this is probably the first time <laughs> I ever said that a day in my life, but I want LA to win. <laughs> but I think, I think Golden
1: State wins itself. Interesting. Interesting. So what's, what, give me you guys your quick, we'll jump back to that. Give me your quick, Chelsea, start with you. You know, um, are we forgetting about Denver and, and, and talk a little bit about Boston and Philly.
0: Uh, Denver is really good. And, yeah. you know, I was talking to somebody like, we don't really talk about Denver that much. Yeah. I think we talk about yeah. the Joker, but yeah. not really Denver as a team. But yeah. when I was watching them in, in, you know, their first game versus the Suns the other day, and I just said, wow, this team has everything. They have a star in Georgia. They have a co-star in Murray. They have athleticism, size, depth. Uh, They have a good bench. They have big wings that can guard and make shots. Uh, I think this is a very complete team. And, you know, I I don't think anybody has them really winning, but but I think that they should be in the conversation, um, you know, because they have all the pieces. Uh, I see them beating Phoenix in probably six games. Uh, Maybe Phoenix, you know, figures it out and can make the series a little bit more interesting. But what I saw based off of game one, they're getting Phoenix up out of there. Um, And they'll they'll probably, (laughs) 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 and they'll be in the Western Conference finals for sure. Uh, I didn't get my prediction in, in LA and, in Golden State. But of course, I'm going with LeBron. And Ani, you know, he tried to say he wanted the Lakers to win, try to hop on our bandwagon, but we don't need I'm all not that. not hopping
2: on nobody's bandwagon. I just don't want to see Golden State win it again. So I'm that's, like, that's what we're
1: going to talk about. That's what's, <laughs> what's kind of my point. I'm so not so hop on L.A.'s bandwagon, trust me. Let, let Chelsea finish her Boston Philly analysis, then we're going to jump to Golden State L.A. It, yeah it, and that's I, I
0: have it. I have the Lakers in six games anyway. But on to the east, Boston versus Philly. I think Boston is just too good. I mean, I think it's their, you know, a uh, championship to lose at least on the wow. on the east. Uh Philly, you know, Joel Embiid uh, front runner for league MVP uh, league MVP this year. Like he's unavailable again. You know, he has a LCL or PCL something with wow. the knee. Uh but predicted to not play. Uh, in game one uh, we don't know when he's really going to be back maybe game two but you know Boston's that good that you know can, can you really come back in and, and game three when you're down o two 2 and think that you guys are going to change the series around so I, I have I have Boston you know winning in six if Embiid is available five if he's not um, okay. and Nixon Heat uh, I think that that's an interesting series uh, I'm a big Jalen Brunson fan um, I know the Knicks fans are super excited to have him and just excited to just be, uh, be in the playoffs in general and to win their first series in, I think, over a decade or something they were saying on ESPN. Uh, but but I have the Heat. You know, I'm I'm team Jimmy Butler. I think the Knicks will probably get a game or two. Uh, but if I had to guess, I would say Heat in, in six, probably winning uh, on their home floor.
1: Gotcha. Um, let's talk a little bit about that real quick, what you're saying about the Heat, because you mentioned it. Chelsea, a few minutes ago, Eric Spolstra. I, I remember, if you guys don't recall, like when the, when, when the Heat were trying to get their first title after they lost to your Dallas team, Ani, and, and it was a timeout, and, and LeBron had a, either LeBron or one of those guys had a bad sequence. Uh, Spolstra wanted a timeout, and he bumped them. He just bumped them they bumped each other gray shoulders. And everybody's like, Oh, does that mean that Spolstra is going to get fired tomorrow? Like people were just, like, you know, but people were, they were talking about really getting like Spolstra fired. Like maybe the heat need to change. That's why they're not winning. So like, and as now as you look at it later, later, he's had like one of the best records in the last 10 years, com- good success. Like, is is that just, you know, like he's never won coach of the year. Is, is he just getting a bad rap or is that because he's, mostly had some of the better players in the league. Like, it's just crazy how the media can play this. So I wanted you guys to talk a little bit about that because uh, you mentioned it real quick, Justin. We didn't touch up on it. Like, he does deserve some credit. Like, he's been consistently good as a coach. And look where Miami's at now, you know? So just kind of talk about that real quick. Go ahead, Ani.
2: Yeah, I think he's the best coach in the NBA. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think Eric is the best coach in the NBA. Like, I know we talk about what, what with yeah. Steve Kerr, and you know, what he's doing. I'm not going to, you know... Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's been great, but like what Spolcher does has done with less, you know, yes, with the big three, but I think he's done it with less talent. (laughs) You know, like when you talk about his in-game adjustments and you just talk about like how he's just like managed like personalities and talent and he goes throughout the year and consistently, like I, I think he's the best coach in the NBA. Honestly, wow. like that's that's my opinion. I think that doesn't really get talked about a lot, right? No, <laughs> um, no that's why think, I'm talking about it. Yeah, but like I think he is the best coach in the NBA. I right. I, I think he is, and I think people talk about Spo. And yes, like what he's like, you talk about people doing load management, right? Look at what Spo's done with Miami, <laughs> with yeah. with Jimmy, and, and and load management with these guys, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think he's the best coach in the NBA. Yeah, I, th- and I think you know people need to give us flowers.
1: Good for him, you know, because again, video guy worked his way through, was you know, worked his way up. So props to him. We'll see how that series goes, but let's jump back as we're closing this show out. Uh, getting toward the end here, the, the, we'll talk about this for as long as you guys want to talk about it. The Lakers <laughs> and Golden State, um, go back to this game seven. You know, everybody's like this, Steph Curry this is the greatest thing ever, you know, 50, again, prison. We talk about being prisoner of the moment. Uh, Ani, I'll start with you. And you, your attitude and your expressions to this are kind of my question. What is it about this Golden State team now that has changed? Meaning, is it just the Draymond Green pool incident? They seem like people, they were a fresh, fresh, fresh air. People loved them. Then they moved across to the Bay, to, to San Francisco. A lot of people don't like that, especially old-school dudes, California dudes, Bay Area dudes. They don't like that. they be straight up, they don't like that. You know what I mean? So I, I, people love Curry. It was a great story. Now they irritate the shit out of half the country or most of the country. They have a whole different dynamic to them. I don't know if it's just Draymond Green. He's an irritating bastard. But, like, what is it that you mentioned? I, I just need them to lose. I want them to lose, like – you either love them or you hate them, but what's happened there? And obviously, them playing the Lakers, which is the most popular team in, in the in the league, everybody's going to have a, a a difference of opinion or choose a side, basically. So what but what has happened with Golden State?
2: Yeah, this thing with them is like, you know, when you're a team that just wins that much, people That's just kind of get tired of you winning, right? Yes. Uh, like, it's yeah. just what it is. That um, And then I think just, you know, Draymond just irritates the hell out of everyone. But- Right. <laughs> uh, he just I mean Draymond just irritates the hell out of me. But you know, it's yeah. um but I respect it. Like I do yeah. respect him, but it's just like yeah. okay, like y'all can't keep winning. Like, okay, it has to and like someone has to like knock y'all off at some point. Like, you know what I mean? Even like Steph, some of the stuff he'll do, like, you know, put you to sleep. So like, like, I'm like, all right, man, like, man, man, you need to get out at some point, bro. Like this, like, yeah, how long can this dynasty go? you know uh yeah and this exactly. thing i remember last year we talked about yeah golden state may have one more title in them you know we were talking about like talk uh, about. like they could probably win like this year and maybe next year like that's crazy
1: you think that's crazy yeah
2: yeah like i think that's crazy uh so uh i think this thing i'm just irritated by golden state like i'm just like but i mean
1: okay. you 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 are you are uh in reference to a lot of the country that's why i ask you because you're you're representing a lot of the country
2: Yeah, I just we're just just tired of just like how for me it's just like how can y'all keep winning and it's annoying me and I want to see something different (laughs) and Draymond is annoying and I think for me the whole him and Jordan Poole incident was like come on man like that really just was like okay like y'all can't come back and win the title like
1: this and and who gets that credit Chelsea I'll I'll jump to you Mm Who gets that credit? Because you mentioned it six months ago, or three months ago, or four months ago, whenever it happened. Yay. I couldn't be on that team. Chelsea's like, I couldn't be on that team. That dude bombed on me like that. Facts. I I'd be out. I, you know, I'm checked out. mentally, checked out. Trade me, whatever. They're still together. So is that you know? Talk about that, and then who gets the credit uh, for keeping together? Are they just that good? Because there's a, some dynamic there. People are talk about that dynamic a lot. You know, so. Talk about that, Chelsea, and then putting that stuff aside and still winning on the court.
0: Well, you know, I understand Ani's sentiments for sure. Um, But me personally, I'm on the opposite end because I just want to see the best players. You know, I I would much rather just see Steph and LeBron versus, you know, De'Aaron and LeBron, you know, and De'Aaron is incredible. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, this next series is going to be so anticipated, especially, you know, based off of the history of just LeBron and Steph going head to head. You know, they both have four championships. You know, I I think it's just kind of going to be must-see TV. So as annoying as Draymond is as a player, which everybody can agree to that, I think this was the matchup that although people want to see, you know, Golden State lose, I think people want to see LeBron lose too. So, I mean, I think it goes, you know, uh, on both sides uh, in terms of the matchup. Uh, As far as the incident with Draymond Green, uh, I noticed something in – I believe it was the last game, uh, Golden State versus Sacramento. And I think Steph quietly holds things together over there. You know, he's not super known as a vocal leader, but obviously he's the best player on the team and he's highly respected. I saw an incident where uh, Jordan Poole was coming out of a timeout Draymond Green was already on the bench. He had his warm up on. He tries to pull, you know, Jordan Poole to the side and say something to him. And Jordan Poole kind of like, get out of here, like, you know, shrugs him off and and walks to the bench. And then you see Steph quietly follow up and say, hey, you know, you don't really know what he's saying. But he goes up to Jordan Poole, kind of, you know, says something to him. Jordan Poole nods his head. And then Steph walks back over to Draymond and slaps his hand. So when I saw that dynamic, it just made me think of how important Steph is to the team. He's so highly respected by everybody. He's not, he doesn't do the antics that, you know, Draymond does. And sure. and, and and I understand why people feel that way about Draymond. I mean, Draymond yeah. is you know, very extra in, in the things that he likes to do, you know, or things that he's going to do in a game. He, he's the bruiser for that team. He's the heart, he's the passion, but at the same time, he's gonna, you know, give you a little elbow or stomp on you like he did Sabanis. <laughs> and that's just just how it works. But yeah. I, I think Steph has held everything together and, and, sure. and that's credit to him as a leader, because I don't think we talk about him that much in that space. Sure. And, and when I saw that interaction, I think that, um, he's the one that's been able to rally people behind the scenes. And, you know, we've heard about him, you know, calling, you know, in the past with certain incidents or, you know, keeping guys together, but I think he's really the glue. Um, and, you know, when you're the best player uh, that's kind of what needs to happen. And, and, and that's why I think, you know, Golden state is always going to be a force to reckon with as long as he, he's, you know, leading the charge.
1: Long
2: I think it's two people. I always think it's, 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 it's Curry. Like, Uh, Chels talked about but I think it's Steve Kerr you know I think it it takes someone a player and it also takes a coach to keep that you know it takes a leader on the court and off the court Uh, and I think Kerr has done a good job managing all that right trying to keep a lot of things in house and then obviously when you have a leader on the floor like Steph right that can hold everything together Um, it just it's it's something special we're watching you know just and I think like with Jordan pulling the Draymond thing I think people kind of like took that. This, it was overblown. Like I've seen a lot of times, guys. Like players just come in. They only they just don't even want to talk to nobody at the moment. That's probably what it was more than anything, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't think it was more about Draymond. Now it could be. I mean, dude punched him in the face pretty hard. But like I think it was more just Jordan pulling that moment, right? Uh, but I think uh, I think Steph and Steve Kerr have done a good job just holding it down. I think it takes right. someone on the court and off it uh, yeah. to make that make that work.
1: Yeah, and I think to your to your point, on it, like you said, I, it could be where Jordan pulls like, dude, look it. I'm not even tripping about that incident. Like I'm just not in this moment. I got you. I got. I'm cool. I'm good. At it. We'll we'll be okay. You know what I mean? Right. So I, I kind of understand that sentiment. Uh, like Chelsea said, it's always going to be in the back of his mind. He's not really messing with Draymond like that no more. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter if they win or not. He's not. Yeah. They're, they're never going to be close like that. Right. You know? <laughs> so get over are, it. Yeah, they got to move forward. So they both got to move forward with their lives or wh- whatever they got professionally going on. So I see that. Um, and to Chelsea's point about they both have four championships, the best players. Uh, yeah, this. Is, have you guys ever seen a second round matchup where it's like this anticipated in just terms of? Again, we've got knocked some top teams out. Uh, I don't really think of any second conference semifinals that has been like that discuss and maybe it's just because it's these two guys, mm-hmm. and they're both veterans, they're both, you know, on the back end or whatever, obviously LeBron a little more because he's older, but, you know, I, I can't recall any any second round series like
2: that. Not this much you know, the ones that, you know, maybe for me was like, you know, it was, it was like those Sacramento Mavs, like Sacramento Spurs, like, you know, with Chris Webber and all them, like, those kind of second round matchups had that, yeah. but this is like a whole different level because you're talking about like, yeah, 10 to, to like someone that may be the GOAT, and then someone yeah. that's probably a top five, you know, creeping as a top five player in the NBA. So, like, you know, in history. So, I haven't seen something to this magnitude, but I think the last time I kind of felt this was like when the Kings would play the Mavs in the second round, or when Mavs in 06 played against the Spurs, you know, when Dirk, you yeah. know, over the hump against the Spurs, like stuff like that. Like, that's probably the last time I've seen like big time second round matchup.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're, you're right about that. There were some big West matchups 10, 15 years ago when the West was really strong mm-hmm. and they had all those forwards, you know, all those power forwards. They were like the best players in the league. You know, they were all in the West. So, yeah, that that makes sense. Um, this 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 team, these both these teams have a lot riding on it. Like you said, are their fans do should be a great series? Um as we talked about our 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 best five a a few podcasts ago maybe a couple months ago you guys don't like my top five obviously with lebron being where he was before so we don't have to really talk about that but like we didn't really none of us talked about steph curry like outside the top five nobody said he was six more we were more like he's 10 9 11 wherever Mm -hmm. it is that we'd place him but why is it going to change see for me it's like a first round match. don't talk to me about the first round like right. if they should get past the first round they're you know a great player and if you're talking about the best player, like don't i'm not going to focus too much on a first round matchup but what's changing is that we appreciate this run so much more if they if they have a let's say they win this series and go to the the conference finals Is just that everybody appreciates it more now a few months later because he's 35 or is it are we just being prisoners of the moment? We, we're looking forward to this series. Yeah, we're just being prisoners of the moment. I mean, he's still, yeah. like,
2: yeah. 9, 8 to me. Okay. Now, if he gets to the finals or wins it, then I put him in 5, right? Okay. Uh, you know, because I'll okay. be his fifth title. But, like, the, mo- the the Game 7 matchup, the Game 7, like, is one of the most impressive uh, okay. Game 7s. But, like, to me, like, it, it was it, it was great. It was first. It was the first round, like you said. Yeah. So it was like I can I can't take like the greatest game seven of all time. Like yo, it was the first round. Like let's chill. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, listen, if he gets to the if he wins it, he's top five. He, he he's top five. He's top four or five. But you know, holy
1: mackerel.
2: Yeah, no, great, no, great, yeah, great I
1: mean, for him. And I'm not saying holy mackerel. I disagree. I'm just like look at how quickly stuff changes. Two months ago we were talking about something totally different. Yeah, I mean, but you had a
2: fit title to your resume, and then if he wins the finals MVP, he's like, shit, man. Like we, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean you gotta put him. you gotta put him in there. I'm I'm gonna put him in there, right? Uh, yeah. but you know, I think we're just being prisoners at the moment. He's not there right now. Okay. Chelsea, you
1: feel the same or no? It's a little different.
0: He he's not in my top five, but I think he's sure. definitely trending up. And, wow. you know, with the championship and with the finals MVP, then you got to throw him in there. I agree with Ani. But when I looked at Steph, like, I know it was, you know, first round game seven. And I think it was more incredible because he hasn't really been that incredible in game sevens, like historically, yeah, okay. you know, yeah. he's been inconsistent in game sevens. But this man's not slowing down though. And and I think yeah. his style of play is what's going to put him there because he can play this way for seven more years. Seven more years. Steph, seven game. years. He's like he's a mean, Listen, I say this because his game is predicated off of shooting and running around. His, you know, he's been driving to the basket and showing his ability to finish Ooh. and stuff around. He gonna range. do this
2: at forty two.
1: Yes. I mean, listen, <laughs> gonna be like, yes, yes. Look at it. Look at him I,
0: I look at LeBron and how he has slowed down so much because his game is built off of athleticism. And yeah. just father time, you're gonna have that natural decline. Like your body physically cannot. But Steph just shooting. What if he just turns into a catch and shoot, Ani? He's still gonna be one of the best catch and shoot players there ever was, and still can score that much.
2: But he's gonna run like he's doing now at four. Oh, he's not
0: gonna run like that. He's just gonna catch and shoot. He's gonna turn. It into a okay, fair enough.
2: <laughs> That's what <laughs> I'm He like, can't keep this up at four. No, I think
0: his style of play is gonna allow him to play longer than LeBron and still at a higher level because of the way that he plays. So seven may be an exaggeration. Okay. But I'm saying in general, Ani, his game is based off of catching and shooting. So will he have the motor to run around like crazy? Maybe not. But even if he turns into a catch and shoot, he's still going to be very formidable and shoot a high percentage.
2: I think the shooting shooting has allowed him to be able to play maybe as long as LeBron James, but I don't think longer. I think the shooting can keep him on the court. <laughs> until he's LeBron,
0: but LeBron, I don't think it can make he, him
2: play. You it you will not be LeBron, at the level LeBron is at 40. When did you he's
0: see 40. LeBron in game, what was it, four or five? He that man was gassed. He has to go in there and post up. He has to fight with Dylan Brooks, bumper. LeBron post the 20 tournament. and
2: 20 in the huh? in this series. Didn't he post 20 and 20 this series?
0: he's, he's
2: LeBron. <laughs> So you tell me Steph at 40 he's gonna do that. He's gonna put up 40 and 20
0: we saw Ray Allen be so formidable too at the end of the career when he wasn't people don't know that young Ray Allen used to put it on the floor and dunk it and jam on you. Oh, people oh, just yeah. know Ray Allen is a catch and shoot. And I see Look, Steph fitting into that role, catching and shooting, still wow. being one of the greatest shooters of all time and doing it at a high level. So yes, seven years is an exaggeration because of age. 42 is insane.
2: At 40, think, at 40, he will be a quality player. I but do. I
0: think this is his style of play, he's not taking a beating on it.
2: But he's this not LeBron,
0: finesse. No, he's not LeBron. And you know, LeBron is my guy. So, I, I was about to
2: say, are you a Lakers fan? Like, what's going on here?
1: I absolutely am. But I just the style of <laughs> what's play? He's he's minor. Doing. That's funny. You that's get my point
2: point. And that's why I brought it up, because Wait, I wanted to try to goat
1: you guys into, into some kind of difference of opinion. Because the people have a strong opinions about this yeah. all of a sudden. We didn't oh. have a strong opinion about this like a month ago. We are just like, okay, we'll see what Golden State does in the playoffs. Maybe they'll, you know. I didn't, you know, I was like, this, this dynasty is going to be over. If Draymond keeps acting like this. So right. that's kind of why I brought it up, but it's definitely changed a lot. But, uh, but to, to my point on uh, Ronnie
0: real quick, yeah. I, I just think that Steph is trending upward in the top 10 anyway, just okay. to my point, because I feel like he's going to sure. play several more years, whether it's four yeah. or seven at a high level, um, because yeah. of his ability to shoot yeah. the ball. And okay. I think that's going to put him in those conversations, whether he wins another championship or not. You know, he's going to shatter whatever three point record, you know, that yeah, will probably become gonna, untouchable would, to the next person. Yeah,
2: yeah. He's
0: still going to be climbing the ranks of all, you know, all NBA in terms of scoring. Um, so, like I said, I just think he's training up and I think his style of play when you're not taking a beating and getting punished all night. He's never been a defender. So you can talk about him having to guard faster, younger, player. he's never been that. So I don't think he's going to become a more incredible defender, you know, later on down the line.
1: He's just going to no. change
0: and be catching and shoot, And he's going to do that at a high level still. That's my point.
1: You, do you think he wants to stick around like that? Or is it going to depend on how good the team is? Yeah. You know, or do you just see that he's going to, uh, you know, play because he can. And I, I don't know what you guys think about that, but. Maybe you know everybody just assumes a player is gonna play a long time.
2: If the, t- if the team's good, I think
1: he'll. Yeah, play. if the team's good, I think he'll stay on. I just think if let's say they have some major injury or Clay moves on, Draymond retires. I mean, Steph just gonna hang on as a five hundred team. I I don't I don't know. Maybe mm, I, I don't think so. I don't see him ring
2: chasing either.
1: No, he doesn't need to. And I, no. I, you know, it to your guy's point. Um, yeah, that's pretty interesting. should be a fireworks series. You guys, I mean, just your guys' passion for it already shows what the country's thinking about it. You guys are like kind of on opposite ends. I get the German. I you know, my thing is the first round, like, whoa, it's the Kings. It's the first round. Like the Kings, like, can we We'll see where, where 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 Steph ends up? Uh yeah, he's gonna move up. Uh because again, I think people are appreciating what he's doing at 35 years old uh he can keep playing he's playing at a high level but we'll see i mean this this can change real quick i would have you know the lakers beat them then they're out in the second round now they are they looked at as an aging team you know and maybe not maybe maybe uh the some of the younger guys are gonna keep together now some people are real quick before we we close out like some people are now already saying jordan Poole, they're tripping giving him all that money do we, i mean is jordan Poole gonna figure it out uh... you know again he's a big piece i i it's, ooh. Again, they got by Kings, but that's the Kings. They've never done it. We know this regular season wasn't the greatest. What's your guy's real quick opinion there? Is he going to figure it out? Is is he going to be there in long-term, uh, mainstay piece for the next five to seven years? I mean, he's a young guy. Chelsea. Uh,
0: <laughs> I will say that, you know, maybe it's just the case of us being prisoners of the moment. Like yeah. Jordan Poole's offensive skill set, And the things he was able to do in their run last year, um, you know, really elevated him um, in people's minds, I think. But the more, and and myself included, like he's a cone defensively, but offensively he's very talented in terms of his ability to score and the things that he can do. I mean, I don't think that there's, you know, a whole bunch of players that are just better than him from from that standpoint. But the more that I've watched him, um, his inability to just want to provide you know, resistance on defense, Um, his inability to play with any type of wherewithal and IQ and his basketball IQ is is to the floor, what what I've learned. Like, it's just not, it's not, he's not getting it. And Draymond is constantly harping on him because Draymond is so smart that he wants him to do this, do that. And, you know, if you have to keep directing somebody through every single play and they're not able to just kind of like pick it up, I think it's going to be a struggle for you. And I think that's going to be kind of Jordan Poole's Achilles heel is just one, his lack of defense and, and his basketball IQ for, for you know, kind of buying into what the Warriors want him to do. Um, so it's very much so right now looking like he's been overpaid. Wow. Um, I don't know, you know, if the Warriors are going to, you know, maybe he surprises us and ends up playing well, you know, throughout the rest of the playoffs and, and the Warriors will have a better taste in their mouth with him. But, you know, Steve Kerr has benched him. Bench him in a few games versus Sacramento Kings um, just because of the way that he's playing. So I, I don't want to say that the Warriors are going to give up and move on from him. But right now, he's not looking like he's worth the contract that he has, uh, in my opinion.
2: Wow. Yeah, I, I um, with him, it's like, you know, defensively, he's not great. He's never really been that great of a defender. Um offensively, I thought, we. I, for me, I felt like he was going to take even more of a jump from last year, mm-hmm. right? Like you saw him get to another tier, and I thought he was going to get to that other tier, right? And we're still seeing him kind of being sloppy with his hand. Like, great handle, but, like, you know, he'll turn the ball over. Defensively, he is what he is. He's not very good. Uh, he has moments, but he's just not very good. I just thought offensively he was going to be more efficient. He was going to kind of clean up some of the turnovers, be be a more polished decision maker. And that's not happening. Uh, so you just do wonder, like, can he get there? Obviously, that he has the talent to do it, but is it going to require, like, you know, do you have to go deeper dive? Does it require, like, Clay or Draymond being gone for you, us to really see that? Is it? Does he have to be on another team for us to see that, or is he who he is? Right. Um, that's. I think. I don't think we really can. I can't. It does. He look like he got overpaid right now. Yes, mm-hmm. but I do think like time's going to tell, uh, and I think you know, if, like let's say Golden State doesn't get to the finals or whatever. Obviously, that team's going to break up, right? Even if they make it the finals, whether that team potentially break up. I think next year, these next two years, you're going to see what Jordan Poole actually is. If he can become that, uh, but I think right now he's not there. But he doesn't really have to be because he gets bailed out. You know, by Steph or he gets bailed by Clay or whoever, like he gets bailed out. So really, like he can still be an immature dude, come up big for a couple games and they still win the series. You know what I'm saying? Sure. But I think one is actually get to the point where, hey, Jordan, like we ain't going to make the playoffs unless you do X, because there is no there is no 20 point per game score that's out that needs to come in. Like you have to do this in order for us to win. Then maybe we'll see what he could be, but right now, I just think it just, right now, no, he's not, he looks like he's being overpaid, but I think time's going to tell if it was a good contract or not.
1: Yeah, it's very interesting because it's, like you said, we're not talking about the finals, we're kind of like you said, it's prisoner of the moment thing, we're talking about first round matchup, now a a conference semifinal. so if they get bumped off, this is an aging team, you know, again, if they win it all this year, it's going to cure a lot, nobody's going to care, nobody's going to care, if they win it all this year, nobody's going to really care, so but if they lose this series, and mm-hmm. like you said, he doesn't have a couple good games, they kind of changes the whole trajectory of what what it is we're talking about. So should be an exciting series. Will be exciting times. Like I said, we got the Balls Life game coming up on May six as we close this out. Just wanted to mention that we, you know, we're going to talk about the NBA draft, and and that coming up is going to happen pretty fast. So so be look on the lookout for that. I kind of wanted to mention this as we talk about Seth Curry, um, the Warriors and the Kings, you know you know, the seven games during the seven game series, Sacramento drafted Tyreek Evans number four and they had Curry and in the same workout, you know? So it's funny how things like that work. They didn't really mention that, you know, like we kind of forget that Curry was with that, that with, with the Kings and it looked like uh, Tyreek was pretty good. He was the rookie of the year. He was 25 mm-hmm. and five, you know, Steph Curry had a couple of bad injuries or he just started wow. slow. And then, uh, you know, also with, he got passed up twice by the Timberwolves, you know, <laughs> where, so not really talking about that much, you know, like that's pretty nuts. So the draft is like really big, like if these mess up or, you know, you got these trades. So I think there was a follow. wasn't there like a kind of like a follow-up to that, uh, with the trade. Oh, I think it was the trade with Mona Ellis, um, Mm-hmm. Was the term, the, they preferred Mona Alice over Steph Curry, so I think that Golden State had offered, hey, do you guys want, you know, Steph? No, we want Mona Ellis, you know? So, it's like, it's happened two or three That's times. That's happened two or three times. like <laughs> You know, like, as we talk about how he's becoming close to a top-five player, like, uh, these teams are passing him up. He maybe was on the trading block. The Kings were happy to get Tyreek Evans at the time. He was the rookie of the year and like so it just things can change so fast. So right. things do change fast. So we appreciate everybody tuning in with us this week on episode 160 again. Go to ballslifeallamerican.com. Uh we'll see you guys this weekend. We'll see you at the Ball Dogs. Uh, so appreciate it. We'll, we'll jump back on. We won't take a big break as much leading into the rest of the playoffs and into the NBA draft. So I think for that's it for this week uh, for Chelsea Hopkins, Ani, Amana. We appreciate everybody tuning in and we'll talk to you guys soon. Bye guys.